Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, as Christians, We need to go for it. Life can't be wasted on temporal things here, but invested in things that are eternal. Understand that God gave his very best, Jesus, who paid for your sins and my sins so I could be a disciple, I could be sold out to God. See, following Jesus Christ should be our highest priority. How are you investing your life? Is your life being wasted on the temporary things of this life? The things in this life are passing away, and if we invest everything here, we will not be prepared for eternity. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenges us to think with an eternal mindset. He says, as Christians, we should go for it. We should dare to invest in the things of God, to set all of our goals and desires on Him and His kingdom. We should invest our resources and our time living for Him, not for this world. Are you investing in His kingdom? Remember, the things of this life are temporary. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, The Importance of Understanding. Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew 13, which we'll finish today, Jesus has been giving seven parables. A parable. What is a parable? Here it is. A parable is a a simple story with one key truth, often a visual picture, illustrating a spiritual principle which may not be apparent to all hearers. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, here's some things I'm going to give you that are fresh and new. It has to do with what's going to take place in the kingdom of heaven, which is just simply the kingdom where God's people follow the king, Jesus. What's that world going to look like? It certainly applies to you and I this morning. If you skip on down to verse 51, we'll be back to verse 44 in a moment. But this is the key part of the teaching. Jesus says this after he finishes the seven parables. Have you understood all these things? And they replied, yes. You see, the goal of giving the parables was not to go, wow, there's seven parables and here's what they all are. No, the goal is to understand what you're hearing. You shouldn't have to say, what was that about? What does that word understand in the original language? In the original language, what does that word understand mean? Here it is. To put together, to mentally comprehend, to perceive, to be wise. 
The other term that you might use, to grasp it. Sometimes when we hear a principle, we'll do something like this. Aha! I got it. That's what it is. So Jesus, after he finished his teaching, he says to his disciples, did I waste my time? Did you get it? Aha! I got it. They said, yes. So we begin, and in these three parables, one thing comes out. The incredible value of a person. Well, how valuable are you? I think Rick Warren says it best. You are not an accident. Even before the universe was created, God had you in mind. And he planned you for his purposes. These purposes will extend far beyond the years you will spend on this earth. You were made to last forever. How valuable are you? Well, as you turn back to verse 44, we come to the first two parables are very interesting. And it's because of this. Jesus doesn't interpret these two parables. So if Jesus doesn't interpret the parable, how many interpretations you think there could be? A many. Many. Why? Well, because we can look at it lots of ways. Now, if you're a church person, you come from two ways to looking at this. If you're not a church person, it's all up in the air to you. It's okay. And so what I'm going to give you today in these first two parables are two interpretations of each of those parables. You can make the decision what you think the answer is. And I believe when you get to the end, I'll be able to put it all together. It's okay. But there's wonderful teachers. I've heard wonderful teachers teach both interpretations. It's not something that's like, well, is the Bible real? We already know that's true, so you don't have to worry about that. Let's just begin, and we look at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Well, it's like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then for his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now remember, this is a story that had relevance in those days, common stuff, not so common to us. How many of you today, if you had treasure, would hide it in your backyard? No, you'd put it where? In a bank. Well, in these days, here's what would happen. If you had treasure, there were no banks. Where would you put it? You'd put it in the ground. You'd hide it. So this is a parable. Someone's out in a field, stumbles across something, finds a treasure, covers it up, goes this to the guy, I want to buy the whole field. Gives everything he does to do it. Well, what are the two interpretations? Interpretation number one. Some believe that the man is Jesus Christ. And the treasure is you. It's the world. It's me. Notice the man doesn't just buy the treasure, he buys the whole world. So we know that the Bible says in Hebrews, Jesus, for the joy set before him, went to the cross and gave everything he had to buy the field. So first illustration is, it's a picture of how much God thought you were worth. He sent Jesus Christ. He bought the world with his blood. The second interpretation by wonderful Bible scholars, people that are even friends of myself. Some believe that the treasure hidden in the field is actually the kingdom of heaven. 
the discipleship life, the life of following Jesus Christ. And we are the man. What does that mean? Well, when this person becomes a believer, the treasure of going to heaven and serving God, there's nothing better. So what do they do? They simply forsake everything. They don't let anything get in their way, and they make a total commitment to God. Well, which is that? Well, it could be either one. Let's go to verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, some believe that Jesus is the merchant. Again, just like the last parable, he sold everything to get the pearl. Who was the pearl? You and I were the pearl. We were the valuable thing. Mankind was. And in this parable, the buyer is Jesus, the pearl is you. We're so valuable. He wants us to be with him in heaven forever that he goes, he goes to the cross, and he pays everything. The pearl of great price is you because God loved you so much. Jesus gave up everything to buy us. Well, how do we know that from Scripture? Well, Philippians 2 says, Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought with a price. So many people, first understanding of this is that Jesus is the buyer, we're the plural. The second group of people... Equally Christians, different understanding, believe that this is speaking about the kingdom of heaven is the pearl, becoming a Christian is the pearl, and the merchant is mankind. Again, after entering the kingdom, having an ongoing relationship in that kingdom, because the kingdom of God is just following the king, having an ongoing relationship is priceless. Once we're in the kingdom, by faith, you can't buy it, we submit ourselves to following Jesus Christ. It's a picture of discipleship. Certainly we have scriptures about that. Romans chapter 12. Therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your body as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of service. So how do we bring these two together? Can we reconcile these two different interpretations? Well in some ways yes. But let me no matter which interpretation you believe Let me give you two understands. Here they are. First, whichever translation or interpretation you believe, understand this. Entrance into the kingdom of heaven cannot be bought. Some people would read that and say, "Uh, well, if salvation is the great pearl, then I can buy my salvation. You can't buy your salvation. Salvation isn't for sale. It's a free gift. There's no way I can earn it. So Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you know that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it's by grace, in other words, you didn't deserve it, that you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, not anything you did. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So first of all, no matter which interpretation you take, understand the baseline is this. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you can't buy your way in. It's a gift. It was paid for by Jesus Christ. But number two... If you take the second interpretation of both of those parables, I think this is very true also. Understand how valuable the kingdom of heaven is and that we must forsake all to follow Christ. 
You see, as Christians, we need to go for it. Life can't be wasted on temporal things here, but invested in things that are eternal. Understand that God gave his very best, Jesus, who paid for your sins and my sins so I could be a disciple, I could be sold out to God. See, following Jesus Christ should be our highest priority. Salvation is priceless. Now, here's the problem. After you and I have been a Christian for a while, when we speak about salvation or heaven, it's like, oh, cool. Okay, I know that, and I'll get to something that has some relevance. I want you to stop, and I want everybody to stop and think. What if there was no salvation? Where would you spend eternity? The answer, in hell, separated from God. You see, the only thing you did was to take the offer of salvation. What if it was never offered to you? Then you and I would be in hell together forever. Salvation is priceless. You can't put a figure on it. It's absolutely priceless. You and I are going to be in heaven if you're a Christian because Jesus Christ went to the cross and he paid for your salvation. I want you to think about that this week because, you see, it should be our priority in our lives. God thought so much of me that he sent Jesus to die for me. That's your worth. That's your worth this morning. You and I... If we're Christians, are going to heaven. I'm trying to say to you, it's priceless. Once you're in heaven, you're not going to go like, oh, cool. This is really nice. (laughs) Man, it's priceless. It's priceless. That's what the parable's about. That's what the parable's about. It's a treasure that's unknown. Let me ask you a question. Those of you that are Christians... What would you trade for your salvation this morning? Well, Jesus spoke about it. You know the verse. Know what he said? Here's the New Living Translation that says this. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world? Lose your own soul. In other words, in the translation probably most of you know by heart. What can a man give in exchange for his soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? Would it be a business? Would it be a relationship? Is there anything of value that you would exchange for you living forever? Not a chance. Following Jesus should be our highest priority. Let me ask you a question. Are you following him? It should be our highest priority. Well, look at verse 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven, in other words, following Jesus Christ, he's the king, is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore and they sat down and collected the, circle this word, good fish in baskets, but threw the, circle this word, bad away. Jesus takes this illustration and he says, guys, you know what fishing's like. And he makes a spiritual application. 
He talks about a large net that the fishermen would use, and it could be a drag net between two boats or to the shore and one up. And they drag and they sweep the lake. And when they get these fish, they would separate the good and the bad. The good would go to the market, the bad they just throw in. What is this a picture of? One thing. It's the mission of the church. It's why Jesus was saying, I'm going back to heaven. There's a mission. You guys are used to fishing, some of you, but it's not going to be fishing for fish. It's going to be fishing for men and women. You know the verse, Mark 1, 16 through 18, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Notice the command. Come, follow me. Well, if we do follow him, what is he going to make of us? And I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Now, as you look at that, there is an understand you need to write. The understand is simply this. How important it is to be fishers of men and women. You see, when the net was thrown out, you catch all kinds of fish. If you've ever done that, you know that. When we preach or when we teach or when we share the good news, we just throw out this spiritual net into the waters of the world. The goal is to reach any kind of fish, any kind of person. You see, God designed the church to be inclusive, not exclusive. But see, in the church, the church is just people of the world. We used to, as a little kid, sing it. Black and yellow, red and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Does he? Yes, when you cast the net out, you bring in all kinds of fish. Now, That means that we have to understand how important it is for us to be fishers of men and women. You say, Pastor Mark, that's for you. No, it is not. It's for you. It's for me. I uh, got on an airplane and went to a a, uh, seminar that I needed to go through in church kind of stuff. And if I'm not flying with my wife especially, I will pray for somebody next to us, uh, next to me, to, uh, to share and so I took a little book called uh, Decoding the Da Vinci Code or something by uh, one of the great authors, uh, Josh McDowell, actually, set it with me, hoping for a conversation, getting ready to throw out the net. Now, as I was there, I sat next to a gal, and uh, we began to talk. She noticed the book, and I began to share with her on the way to Atlanta, business gal and whatever, and lives in Orlando. Talked to me about she was raised in the Lutheran church, and as she was in the Lutheran church, what happened in the kids' group, in the choir, and baptized as a child. And got married a few years ago, had a child, wasn't supposed to be able to have children, had a child. Husband really isn't a believer, and we just talked about her getting back to her roots, and getting back to serving God, and getting back to a place where God could use her. Tried to challenge her. And much of the conversation came because of the book, Flying Back. From where I was, coming back in on Tuesday night, well, I sat next to a businessman who lived in Atlanta. We began talking about great churches. And as we went through, I had my little book out. 
And he asked me about the book. He said, you know, I've been reading that and thinking about it. And he said, at our church, we're even talking about it and whatever in the small groups. And he was Catholic. And we went through and talked about all those different things and how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we just had an opportunity to share. Now, let me challenge you. When's the last time you threw out the net? When's the last time you had an opportunity to engage in a conversation that was spiritual? I said, Pastor Mike, what am I going to say? I don't don't want to say. Do you know why you believe this Bible? Do you understand that Jesus is the Son of God? So Jesus says to his disciples, there's coming a time when you're you're just going to be throwing out the nets. And as you throw out the nets, you're just going to see what's going to happen. And it's going to go to everyone. And you're going to bring in all kinds of fish. Here's an important thing. You say, how long are Christians going to be throwing out the net? Well, they're going to throw out the net until the end of time. Because God's goal is for none to be lost. Notice Revelation 14, 6, 7. Then I saw another angel. This is during the tribulation period. Flying in midair. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. To every nation, tribe, language, and people. What is the angel going to do? He's throwing out the net. He's hoping people to hear the gospel and say, I need to become a Christian. Now notice. It's just not evangelism. But there is a, a sense of judgment in this, look what he says. And he said in a loud voice, fear God. This is part of his evangelization. Fear God, give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. So in this last parable, it is about throwing the net out, saying to people, here's the offer of salvation. What do you think about it? Are you ready for it? Will you accept Jesus Christ? But it's not only about evangelization. It's about the final judgment. Here's a statement you want to write. Christians are to, well, we're to throw out the net, but God sorts the catch. Don't you sort the catch. That's not your role. That's God's role. Don't be judgmental. You let God sort the catch. So as we do that, look at what judgment comes. Look at verse 49. This is how it will be at the end of the age. You might say, what is the end of the age going to look like? It's right in front of us. What is the end of the world going to look like? We already know that there's an antichrist coming. That the world is going to come under one world rule. Christians, we're going to be gone. Because at the rapture, we're out of here. Those who are not, what is it going to be like at the end of the age? It says the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. Remember the good and bad I had you circle? There it is. They will separate, the angels will, and throw them, the wicked, into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why does Jesus give two parables in this? Out of the seven, two of the parables talk about end time judgment and hell. Why in the world would he do that? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Jesus put great emphasis on understanding. He spoke in parables. He used illustrations and stories to explain spiritual truths, but not all understood. Today, Pastor Mark talked about the importance of understanding as he shared some of the parables of Jesus from Matthew 13. 
It's important that we understand that we were created to know God, but it's also important to understand that the kingdom of God is a gift. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Jesus said he was going to make his disciples fishers of men. This must have sounded odd to them. What does it mean to fish for men? Jesus shares some important principles with them regarding following him. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will highlight the importance that Jesus gave to being fishers of men. The disciples and we will learn that much is at stake for the souls of men. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here